0: Welcome to the Healthy You podcast. My name is Dawn Funk and each week along with special guests, we are going to help you take ownership of your health by equipping you with wellness wisdom. Be sure to check out my website at dawnfunk.com for additional resources. All right, let's get started, friends. Welcome everyone to the Healthy You Podcast. I am your host Don Funk, coming to you uh, from the Panhandle of Florida. And it's always a privilege and an honor to spend some time with you guys each week, helping you take ownership of your health. That's what we're all about here at the Healthy You Podcast. Is just equipping you with real life strategies and tips so that you can live your best life. And we don't just focus on the outside; we are focusing on the inside as well. And Today, our guest is going to be a massive value adder with helping you with the inside. So I've got the amazing Carly Myers here uh, joining us today from Pennsylvania. And before I bring her on, just to connect with all of you guys, I want to read her amazing bios so that you can understand the credibility um, that this woman is gonna bring to you today. And our topic, just so that I can also share that with you, is called Achieving Emotional Freedom. And I was telling her before we started taping that gosh, in this post-COVID world, like this, I think is such an important, relevant topic. Again, that so many people are gonna need to listen to today. So here we go. So Carly is the founder, and I love this catchy title, the English nerd in me, is like, oh, I love it, is she's the founder of the Stress Less Company, okay? And she's an expert at helping leaders who have experienced devastating loss, ranging from the death of a loved one, to divorce, to injury, to the closure of a business, and more, and I can check a couple of those boxes, so I'm excited for this today too. And she helps people deal with day-to-day stress in a way that creates more satisfying results and such such as improved sleep, easeful, I can't talk, easeful ability to set boundaries, increased income, fulfilling personal relationships, and more. Carly is a diplomat of the American Institute of Stress. She has had her work most recently featured in media outlets such as Parade, Fox 29, good day philadelphia the maui news and holy magazine carly is also the creator of the Stressless method a signature five-step process that has gained hundreds of leaders through the steps that they need to take to experience true emotional freedom and guys and i know at the end of the show she's gonna point you in the direction of her website i was stalking it and checking it out before the show and it is so good lots of great testimonies lots she's got an amazing blog um, great videos so you're definitely going to take advantage of that and stick around to the end of the show so that you can learn more about that but before we dive in Carly I would just love for you to just share a little bit about you as a person and just connect with our listeners today and then we'll dive in to the interview (laughs) <laughs> Sounds
1: good. Well, thank you, first of all, for having me. I'm super, super excited to be here. And thank you for all the compliments. Goodness. I was like, oh, I feel so loved right now. <laughs> um, a little bit about me. Gosh, I feel like I'm on a first date a little bit. I guess I am with with all of with you and your listeners. Um, but, you know, I am, uh, gosh, a lover of nature. I like to call myself, uh, says on my Instagram, I'm a slayer of stress. Um, I am a kind of a Uh, gosh, I love to garden. I have a dog named Saul, which we were talking about before the show. Um, And I've been doing this work for uh, about uh, going on, I'm in the middle of five years. So five and a half going on six years now. Um, And is there anything else I should share about me?
0: Well, so I'm curious. So what, like, what inspired you to do this? Did you have, and maybe you'll cover this in a minute, but was there like something life-changing that happened to you that you kind of walked through to get you to really want to have this be kind of like your life's work? I'm just curious.
1: Oh my goodness. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Definitely. Um, and it's a can of worms. Let me just tell you from the get-go. Um, and actually, even a trigger warning for those that are listening. Um, so I actually started the stress less company and created the stress less method because of an experience I had when I was about 12 years old, believe it or not. Um, My mom ended up dating a bad apple, realized it, broke it off, and kind of moved on. And unfortunately, that bad apple didn't move on. And a few weeks later, ended up breaking into my childhood home, killing my mom's new boyfriend. Yeah. Um, And trying to kill my mom. I told you, can of worms. And yeah, yeah, I'm just looking at Dawn's facial expressions right
0: now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that experience, um, was just absolutely wild. And my mom, which if I told you kind of the details of the story, it would be, you would be shocked that she survived,
0: Mm.
1: um, but she did. And she basically made a full recovery. All she has now is a pair of reading glasses and a slight limp. It's Mm. absolutely wild. Um, but I really struggled for a long time you know, I struggled with the symptoms of PTSD, with stress, with jumpiness, with night terrors. I mean, I mean, you name it, I was probably struggling with it. And um, for the first few years, first couple of years, I didn't really tell anybody, I didn't really kind of put myself out there. I thought perhaps I'd be the straw that broke the camel's back or um, plenty of stories we can tell ourselves. Um, But when I finally opened up with people, I would say things like, you know, Hey, I'm feeling a little stressed or I'm feeling a little overwhelmed or I'm kind of struggling right now. And that last one was really hard to say. Mm -hmm. And I would ask people for advice and and it was like clockwork. I got the same five or so responses every time, Mm -hmm. you know, Hey, Carly, have you tried therapy? Have you tried yoga, meditation changing your diet, hitting the gym. And when I got those pieces of advice, I was basically so I was just so defeated. I was like, are you kidding, are you kidding me? Come on! Of course I've tried those things. I haven't been living under a rock for the last 10 years. <laughs> like, please. Mm. And um, luckily I was a pretty resilient person and I wasn't willing to accept this kind of low grade misery as my new normal.
0: Mm.
1: And so I kept exploring and that's when I finally figured out what worked for me. Um, And that's a variety of things to be quite frank. Um, And when I figured out what worked for me, it was kind of a dual experience. It was part like deep, deep relief, like, oh, like, oh my gosh. And on the other side, I was just pissed off at the world. I was furious. Why isn't anybody talking about this? why isn't anybody talking about the the fact that there's no one size fits all when it comes to mental health, when it comes to stress management, when it comes to this inner experience. Um, so I threw my temper tantrum for a while and, um, and then it kind of hit me like a ton of bricks. You know, I was supposed to be the one that was talking about this and thus the stress less method
0: and the stress less company was born. Mm. Wow. I mean, I I have goosebumps right now because you didn't even share that before the interview and uh just the fact that you were so um authentic and sharing that and you know just really put yourself out there i know that really means a lot to me and um i'm sure that you know our listeners can relate to that and you know it's crazy because I mean, I, I wasn't like home when I had a traumatic experience, but I did, you know, when I was five years old, my grandfather um, killed my grandmother and, you know, I still remember that night and, you know, my sister and I, we had bunk beds and my dad went and got him out of jail and he slept on the bottom bunk. And my sister and I slept on the top bunk after he had done that. And, you know, it's, it's, it's just you know buried it you know i mean it's just interesting that you bring that up because i still like that is one of my moments in life that i'm like oh just you know a lot of uh, pain and um confusion and so again i just appreciate uh just your willingness to share that so um and two things one i already think you're super cool cuz you used the word slay according to my daughter who's in high school that's like the cool new word so hey love it and secondly i'm kind of mad that i'm not at home now i told them um, Carly, I'd switched to my, my beach business here last night with one of my recent podcasts. Cause you guys know I've got four crazy dogs and they always want to have WWE when I'm doing my podcast. So I thought I'm going to come here. It's quiet. But Carly at home, when I do these podcasts, I have this huge picture behind me of Rocky Balboa crushing, um, you know, Apollo Creed, which is in Philadelphia Philadelphia spectrum. I don't know if you're a a Rocky fan, but I've like always, it's so funny. I've traveled the world. I've been to Antarctica. I've been to Bora Bora, you know, Greece, uh, Fiji, you name it, but I've never been to Philadelphia and I'm like dying to go. So mostly because of the Rocky connection. So I love that that's where you live, but, uh, but thanks again for sharing that. So guys, you know, I don't know what, maybe skeletons you might, you know, have from your past or hard things that you've had to deal with in life. But I do know that probably every single one of you guys listening right now um, can relate on some level to something really hard and difficult um, that you're trying to work through and overcome. So again, I really think Carly is going to be that person to help you have just some more freedom and peace of mind. Um, So let's dive in. So again, achieving emotional freedom Um, so, you know, number one, just what is, what exactly is emotional freedom? How do you define that? And what does that look like, Carly? Yeah. So
1: it's funny. Oftentimes
0: people think they hear the word emotional freedom.
1: They're like, ah, yes. Like I need that. No definition needed. But oftentimes what we think of when we think of emotional freedom, is we think of like, almost like ecstasy. Like it's, it's so good. Like I'm happy all the time. I'm content. I'm at peace all the time. I'm just in a beautiful state of mind consistently um, without the lows. I would actually say emotional freedom is being able to be with the lows and be with the highs and to not judge them. So emotional freedom to me is actually more like another term that I use in my work with my clients, emotional sobriety, the ability to be present with your emotions, the good, the great, the bad, the ugly, because we all know good emotions can be uncomfortable sometimes too. Um, And and to actually sit with them versus what we often do is uh, it's just kind of hardwired into us. I think it's been handed down from generation to generation, which is to try to fix the emotion. Or um, avoid the emotion. Ain't nobody got time for that kind of vibe when it comes to our emotions. So emotional freedom is really, to me, emotional sobriety. Um, experiencing the emotion, not ruminating. Very different. But letting the emotion, as the as the yogi or the mindful folks in the world like to say, like let the emotion move through you. And so it's emotional freedom is is definitely. Um, a little more difficult than we might want it to be, I would say.
0: Well, and that's so good because honestly, when I thought of emotional freedom up until just now, I thought it was, you know, having just those highs and just, you know, being in this place where you're always looking at the bright side, you know, you always have that positivity and you're right. I mean, it's, it's how we handle both of those, because you know what, I'm a really positive person and I'm all about bringing life to people. But at the same time, and I'm even experiencing this, this right now, opening a business, it's been very stressful, um, you know, and I've had some lows and um, it's been hard. But to your point, you know, it's I, I'm allowed, I, I'm in a much different place because of maturity and intentionality. Um Than I would have been ten or you know twenty years ago, because, like you said, like I am allowing myself to you know experience that um as opposed to just pushing it down and you know that's what i I feel like I've done so much of my life is that i I bury feelings, and when you bury feelings, it can compound and stack on top of each other, and I would imagine bring you know really end up being a sabotaging thing to do so I don't know yeah. if you have any other, you know, input on that, uh, but you know, yeah. I do think it's important as someone that used to bury my feelings. I've definitely am learning to not do that. So yeah. I bet you see a lot of people that do that. A
1: hundred percent. And that's the main, that's the uh, one of the main reasons people come and work with me because they they're like, wait a second, wait, hold on. Emotional freedom. Isn't just happiness. Like just like butterflies and rainbows. <laughs> okay. That's interesting. But also what you're talking about processing my emotions and you actually have a system. Uh, Part of my first step is teaching us how to be emotionally sober, not just be like the Yogi in the front of the room. That's like, be with your emotions. No, no, no. There's a process to be with your emotions, which is super helpful because it's not really taught. Um, But a lot of people come and work with me because they realize the, the effect of the compounding, the accumulation of what happens when we, push down or try to continue to try to fix our emotions. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's that, that time where, um, gosh, your partner doesn't fold the laundry, right. And then you blow up Mm -hmm. and then you're watching yourself blowing up and you're like, okay, whoa, there lady, like calm down, but you can't stop. (laughs) Right. Because it's accumulation, right. It's the energy that you push down, push down, push down is like, okay, I can't take it anymore. It's got to come out.
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: on the flip side of that you know um i had a client who went through a devastating breakup and it was uh, it would be it would come up random moments she'd be in a business meeting and someone would say like red car and red car reminded her of her ex and and so the emotions would flood because she had spent most of her time trying to push down the emotions and so it when it's it's funny this whole accumulation thing that you you shared um I had a, a yoga teacher once. She's probably the best yoga teacher in Philly. I mean, I've only been to a few, but I think she might be the best. Um, and she shared once that um, this concept of the inner child that I'm sure many of us are familiar with, that mm-hmm. kind of deeper part of us. She shared that the inner child is kind of that emotional side of us. And when we ignore the emotions,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that inner child doesn't understand. The inner child only thinks, oh, well, she must have not heard me. And so next time I'll be louder. Mm -hmm. And so the more that we ignore the inner child, the louder she gets. And then we end up in a business meeting crying because someone brought up a red car and we're like, why am I crazy? (laughs) What the heck is going on? Um, But it's because again, that inner child, one, the energy needs to go somewhere. If it's, if we look at it pure energy, Pure energetical or two, the inner child's not getting the message and is thinking, well, I got to be louder for her to hear me.
0: Yeah, no, that's so good. And so I'm just curious, I know I'm like getting off topic with your questions, but um, let me make sure. Okay. Um, so, when, how, what do you tell your clients, um, or even maybe what has helped you? Um, what have been some strategies? I know you're going to talk about your method, but to not accumulate, like how do what are some ways that people can release that energy, um, so that it's not accumulating? I'm just curious on that. Yeah. So there's a couple
1: different ways that we can be, this is what I call being emotionally sober, not accumulating is being emotionally sober. Mm -hmm. So, um, we can be one process that I teach my clients. I call the emotional sobriety process. And it's something that was really inspired by the work of, um, Harville and um, Helen LaKelly Hunt, Harville Hendricks and Helen LaKelly Hunt. And these are probably uh, one of the top two relational experts in the world. They're very renowned. Um, and the emotional sobriety process is quite simple it's four steps. We listen to the thought patterns, we mirror the thought patterns, we validate the thought patterns. And we empathize with the thought patterns. There is no point we are in which we are fixing the thought pattern and telling it to go away. So an example is um, you know, okay, maybe my thought is uh, let's go with the simple one. Uh, we were talking about my dog before the show and how he likes to Thanks. cough and bark during important things. <laughs> so maybe hmm. my thoughts right now are, um, oof, when is he going to finish his Kong? Maybe he's going to come scratch on the door. Oof! what if he disrupts? That's the thought pattern. But then I'd consciously mirror that. So I might say, well, what I'm hearing you think, Carly, is that you're worried that, you know, Saul's going to finish his Kong early and he's going to come scratch on the door and he's going to disrupt the podcast mm-hmm. and, and this conversation. So we're mirroring. Then I validate. Well, that makes sense. And what makes sense about that is, well, a Kong only has about a 20 minute, 30 minute life cycle before the Kong's empty. Um, And it makes sense that you don't want to interrupt the conversation because it's a really powerful one. You're having a really good time and then you empathize. And so it might be, well, I imagine what you're feeling right now is a little bit nervous. um, And, and you end it there. And so what we've we've done is we've not only been emotionally sober by being present, but we've also held space for ourselves in a way that we've never been taught to. We've been taught to do it for our best friends, for our children, for other people, but never for ourselves.
0: Yeah, that's so good. Oh my gosh, I was writing so fast and, you know, I've been through just a lot of, um, you know, traumatic experiences myself and over the years. And it's interesting because at, at one of my most rock bottom moments, um, was back in 2011, it was my oldest daughter's birthday. And at that point, you know, I have four children. At that point, I was working hundred hours a week. I was a full-time school teacher, part-time college professor, and I had a side hustle cookie business. And on top of working hundred hours a week, I never saw my husband. Um, we had a lot of uh, financial stress. So we were arguing about money all the time. We never spent time together. I was running the PTO and coaching volleyball and all these things. And, but yet to your point, I wasn't uh, working through it. I was just letting all of this accumulate, all this stress accumulate. And what's so interesting is that on my oldest daughter's birthday, June 15, 2011 is when I had a rock bottom moment. And it was the moment that really scared the crap out of me because I couldn't fix my life. <laughs> okay. So that's a whole separate issue, right? Um, and this is where, just me personally, this is where I prayed for the first time in my life at almost 40 years old and just welcomed a faith relationship for the first time. But the interesting thing about what you just equipped us with is that that is a very specific moment in my life when I was literally standing in the mirror of my bathroom and I slowed down for like just a few minutes to look at myself, like literally look at myself and have this heart-to-heart conversation about who are you, where are you in life, what are you doing? Like, you know, my questions weren't through this process, but I did that. And that was a defining moment for me. That stillness Mm -hmm. and that slowing down allowed me to make some life-changing decisions that ultimately, you know, really helped fix my life. And so guys, I hope you wrote this down. And Carly, uh, just if I made a mistake, point it out. But (laughs) again, so to not accumulate bad energy, to have achieved that emotional sobriety, it's listen, take that moment to like slow down and listen to the thought patterns, mirror the thought patterns, validate the thought patterns, and then be empathetic. And then like you said, end it. So it's Mm -hmm. like you're bringing closure to it. You're acknowledging it, you're bringing closure, and then you're moving on. And this type of strategy you're saying will allow you to not accumulate um, and stack the stress on top of each other. Yes. Yeah. And you know, one thing that
1: I, I want to mention that I didn't quite mention is that um, oftentimes people will have a little bit of a hard time ending with, well, I imagine you're feeling nervous or whatever the feeling is right? um, and being like, that's it. (laughs) Uh So it's kind of at that point where you have two options um, in terms of an energetical close. And that's to say, once again, you know, I imagine you're feeling nervous and really that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Right. And that feels more like a closure Um, or, and, or um, I like to sometimes add one additional, sometimes two, but we'll stick with one now, one additional step to that process, which is surrender. -hmm. And so if we have, if we are spiritual or any way or we believe in something greater than ourselves, it's at that point where we can say, Hey God, hey universe, hey, whatever. I'm handing this to you now. Yes. I did my part. I listened to the message. And now I'm gonna hand this to you. Mm
0: -hmm. And then it's
1: then at that point where we can take nurturing action, right? So like that moment that you talked about where you're looking yourself in the mirror, where you made those decisions you didn't just end that, that moment was pivotal, but you didn't just go, okay, well, I did the thing and goodbye. Like, I'm going to go continue running around like crazy. You you took action, which transformed your life.
0: Well, and I don't even know if I shared this part. And it's so perfect. What you said is that is the first night in my entire life that I've ever put my hands together and prayed. So I brought prayer into it because I just remember thinking, what do people do when they're really broken, broken? And I was like, oh, They pray to this God guy. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to try praying to this God guy and see if it works. And so that is the moment my husband walks in. He's like, what the heck are you doing? Because we knew I wasn't a very spiritual person at that point. But but again, just such a a great thing. So I'm so glad that wasn't even on topic for today, but I'm so glad we talked about that. And I know that that's going to help so many people because again, it's like, we're all busy and I get it. But if you don't take time to slow down and really do an internal check uh, with things like this, um, you're going to let this stuff stack and it's going to add to your burden. So, all right, well, let's move on. So I know, um, you know, one of the key things you do is you help people deal with loss in their life. And so let's talk about what is loss. Yeah. The way that I define loss is anything that absolutely shakes your nervous
1: system to the core. It shakes you to the core. So when people usually hear loss, they think someone died. Like that's kind of the first thing that comes to their mind. Um, And as you mentioned, when you read my bio earlier, it can be so much more than that. It can yes, be death, but it can also be divorce. It can be the loss loss of life as we knew it, the loss of a business, the uh, gosh, even like becoming a new mother, like the loss of who you used to be, right? Loss can be anything that shakes us just to the core um, in a way that perhaps we aren't really into.
0: I <laughs> <laughs> Muted myself. So you didn't hear the cars. Uh, there's a loud car going by. Um, well, and I, again, I think that's such an important thing to take note of is that, like you said, a lot of people think loss is death, right. And, or maybe loss is divorce, you know, but, you know, I, I've experienced that, you know, one of the, um, you know, honestly, two, Of the most stressful things that have happened to me in the last five years were loss of my boobs. Okay. So I think I shared that with you guys before that, you know, I went through, I had breast implants and got very, very sick. And so I had to have them removed. And that was a, you know, that was a loss for me. Um, You know, and just dealing with all of the health ramifications very, very stressful, Um, you know, really uh, jacked up my cortisol levels my adrenal system. Um, And then secondly, at the same time that that was happening, I lost my entire business. Um, My husband and I, you know, we had left our careers, we were, you know, seven figure earners. Um, and a work from home business and lost our entire income and so again very traumatic um having to go through both of those literally within a month um so you know and just again i think it's important to understand that those type of things are you know i don't say equally you know as devastating as losing a, a family member or a friend but they can also be extremely hard on you and um And so, you know, that's why people like Carly, um, you know, and just applying some of these things in those circumstances can be so helpful as well. So, uh, so let's talk now, Carly, about, you know, we've defined what losses can be um, and, you know, how does that loss contribute to a person's stress? Yeah. Well, first of all, I want to go
1: back to something that you just said, which is that perhaps they're not equal. And I would say they are. Yeah. Okay. It depends on the person. It depends on our experience, right? Stress is the thing plus perception. Right. And so the perception of said thing. So, you know, for someone um, I I imagine you're similar to me in that way. Like my business is my baby. It is like a part of me. It's a part of my family. It's a part of my identity. It's so like, if I lost my business, Mm -hmm. I, I, it would be like, Like I can't even have words, right? So um, and I will say, like, just to just for context, and this is something that I had to work through in therapy for a long time, is that when my when I experienced the trauma of my mom getting shot and then there then being in a coma and then having to learn how to walk again, talk again, eat again. I mean, a lot basically lost my mom for like a year. That was devastating. But let me tell you, my first love, I dated him for seven years. And when we broke up, that was even more devastating to me. Mm. And I had to sit in therapy because someone told me that, you know, my, my experience of this trauma had to be worse than my experience of a breakup. And so I want to say for those that are listening, that feel like whatever your experience is, it's screwed up. It's not as bad or whatever the story you're telling yourself is. It's Mm. okay. This is where it goes back to being emotionally sober to acknowledge just how awful that experience was or how great that experience was with truth.
0: Yeah, that's so good. Mm.
1: Yeah, so I wanted to make sure I acknowledged that because I think there's so many people that will hold, like hold, I know I did, held guilt yeah. for that comparison. Yeah. Um, so, okay, how does loss impact stress? <laughs> to get us back on track here. Um, So each and every one of us has an autonomic nervous system. We have a nervous system. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And um, before we experience loss, our nervous system is like a five-lane highway, if you will. And we have on this like five-lane highway, we've got all these cars, we've got birds flying above it. We've got, you know, we've got exits, we've got um, weather, inclement weather, we've got all sorts of stuff that's going on on this highway. And then after we experience loss, that five lane highway metaphorically becomes a two lane highway. And we have the same amount of cars, the same amount of birds, the same amount of inclement weather, the same amount of accidents, whatever it is,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but we've only got a two lane highway. Now our nervous system after loss is much more hypervigilant much more sensitive. Mm-hmm. And so what, might have not quite bothered us before something we had the capacity easily to handle before all of a sudden can feel like it's the weight of the world. Mm. So an example, silly example would be like, okay, before that loss, getting a hundred emails a day, not a big deal. Maybe a little stressful. You need that. You needed to get through them, but after loss, a hundred emails can feel like the weight of the world. Mm. And so Loss impacts our experience of stress because it makes our nervous system much more sensitive. Mm-hmm. It makes it more hypervillagent to say, where is the stress? I need to find the stress because what we're, what we're, what our bodies are trying to do is to keep us safe and to try to prevent more catastrophic loss,
0: mm-hmm.
1: to try to prevent more stress. And actually, ironically, it's doing the opposite. Yeah. But it's really supportive when we're talking about things like, that humans have been dealing with for centuries, like natural disasters, right? So a tornado comes through. Our nervous system before is a five-lane highway. Now it's much a two-lane highway. It's much more sensitive. It's looking for another tornado. Are we safe or are we good?
0: Right?
1: Right? But when we're talking about email and, and technology and the way in which we move through the world now, oftentimes the nervous system that hypervigilance can be overwhelming.
0: Yeah, that's such a great analogy. It's so simple. And um, I think just something that people can easily grasp. So I know you've already given us that, you know, amazing four-step method. So, you know, in addition to that, what are some things that you help people do in order to get from the two lane highway back to the five lane? Like what are some, some applicable things that maybe people can walk away with today? Yeah. So I guess
1: this kind of brings us to the, the stress-less method, my five-step system. So the first step of the stress-less method is um, manage your energy or sobriety. And So what that means is that first piece that we've already talked about, which is emotional sobriety. The second piece that supports our nervous system is physical sobriety. Um, and so I always like to put an asterisk on this because anytime someone hears the word sobriety, they immediately go to drugs or alcohol and they ask that is part of this. Um, but what we're really looking at, at this part of this first step is what are the, what are the ways your physiology is being impacted? Um, so for instance, what are, what is impacting my nervous system without ever having needed a stressor to begin with? So for me, an example of this would be um, uh, so one of my main PTSD symptoms were night terrors. And um, a physiological uh, experience that I would have is when I would drink caffeine, my night terrors would get worse. And so I realized that part of my journey, part of telling my nervous system that I'm safe is to say, you know what, caffeine, you're not worth it. And so I stopped drinking caffeine and oh my goodness, what the heck? My night terrors (laughs) became dreams. (laughs) And then my, you know, or I wouldn't dream at all. Or maybe it'd be a stress mare instead of a night terror, right? That's a whole nother conversation. I have levels. When you have PTSD, you realize there's dreams, stress mares, nightmares, and night terrors. But caffeine created a stress response without ever having needed a stressor. Mm -hmm. And so between the emotional sobriety and the physical sobriety, we can communicate with our nervous system that it is safe. Mm. So that's, you know, the first step of the stress less method. Then we go into the second step, which is to identify your blocks. What are the ways in which you've been creating more suffering for yourself?
0: Mm.
1: And there's a full process that I teach in order to figure that out, because it's actually not, you know, what meets the eye. Oftentimes we're like, "Well, it's my husband <laughs> or with the kids, or it's my my crappy boss, or it's this the fact that my house can never be clean, or uh, the fact that I don't have money or whatever that story is that we tell ourselves, that's actually the symptom. Mm. And so we look at, okay, here's the symptom. What's underneath the surface. What is within my control? What have I been doing to create more suffering for myself? and as and it's at that point of realization, that we then have the opportunity to flip the, swi- uh, flip the switch, shift the script and to say, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to move into a different way of acting. And that's going to also communicate with my nervous system that I'm safe because what I've done in the past created results that made me feel unsafe that triggered the nervous system. So um, just to give some clarity around the stressless method, step two is identify your blocks. And we usually identify quite a few. Step three is create a plan. And that's when we look at, okay, what's what's the one block that's creating the most suffering for myself right now? Like we're prioritizing. What are we going to work on first? Step four is to remove those blocks one by one. Because we're not doing it all over all in in a week, or else we're just going to feed the fire of stress and, and trigger the nervous system further. And then step five is embrace grace. And this is the part of the process where we realize if we haven't already that we're not perfect, nor are we meant to be perfect. And when we, when we realize that there's a new block, there's, there's Saul scratching at the door. When we realize there's a new block, um, or Mm. a stressor. That we thought we addressed and it comes up. We give ourselves grace and we return to the process. We become emotionally and physically sober if we're not. We identify the block from the stressor, uh, from the symptom. And we go through the process of removing it. And we continue the process, the journey.
0: Wow, I love that you guys, again, go, she's going to share her website in a minute, but she has all of this there. So I know I like writing it because then I internalize it more, but, um, but I love step five. I'm a huge believer in making grace your, I call grace, like her, like make grace your best friend. You know, she reminds us, or he reminds us, um, you know, that we're not perfect and, you know, to show ourselves, um, that love, but I'm just curious. So on step two, um, where it was very interesting, where you talked about how identifying the blocks, like, how are you creating more suffering, and how you talked about that a lot of these things are actually symptoms. So I'm just curious, like, what would be an actual, like, so when you dig deep with people, can you just maybe give an example of what it really is? Like, you know, I don't know, that part just really intrigued me. Yeah. Um, So it it
1: really depends. I'll I'll give you kind of Um, two examples. Okay. So let's say the symptom for both of these examples are, um, I don't have enough money. Okay. Um, We dig deeper and we discover that the block may be one of two things. One is you don't know what you don't know. And perhaps that the block, the way in which you created more suffering for yourself is not having a budget <laughs> because you didn't know you needed one. And now you're right. That could be, could be that simple that you just didn't know what you didn't know. Um, on the other side of this, you could also, um, you could also discover that your block is a, a limiting belief that in order to make money, you have to work really, really hard. Or in order to make more money, you have to work more. And so you're working 60 hours a week And you have this belief that you can't make more money because you have no more time. Right. And so we, right. And so we perpetuate that belief. And so it could be, again, you don't know what you don't know. And there's actually an action or a habit or something that you could put into place. But it could also be the way in which you're viewing the world and the perception that now you, now that you see it with the help of, usually with the help of an outside perspective or working with someone like you or I, um, right. Then they can say, okay. Well, it's time to reprogram that. What is the belief that I want to have here? And uh, it's going to be difficult uh, to to establish either habit, but to rewire those right. neural pathways, we yeah. gotta we
0: gotta begin the work. So good. Oh my gosh! Like I said, I can uh, one thousand percent connect to that. And uh, and it's interesting you said don't have a budget because when we when I told you that we lost our entire income you know, we did pivot and, uh, you know, have since been rebuilding, but, you know, obviously, you know, in starting over something new, I mean, we were not earning the income that we had. And so that was inviting stress into our life because now we had to adjust. Right. And that's where there was stress, but to your point, yeah, this is so good because to your point it was, yeah, uh, we felt like we didn't have money, but like you said, it's because we didn't have a budget. We, we were earning so much income and spending money freely. And we always had plenty of money that we just were stupid and didn't have a budget. And so we've since fixed that. Right. And, uh, so it's such a great thing. Oh my gosh. I love that, that you guys, that to me is like one of the drop the mic moments, um, in this podcast and, you know, Carly, there've been so many of them, but Um, but anyways, I know your dog is, is finishing with his Kong and, uh, you've been so generous with your time today, but you know, I always love to give, uh, my guests an opportunity just to kind of have like the final closing thoughts, final word, piece of advice that you want to leave with our listeners today. Um, and of course you've given so many already, but I just want to give you the opportunity to do that. So go ahead and uh, share from your heart. Yeah, I would say, um, If you feel like you've
1: tried everything, I feel you. And um, I invite you to try one more time Mm -hmm. at being present with your emotions, being emotionally sober Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and doing it from a place of grace, self-compassion and see how it goes. Um, cause there was plenty of times in my life where I thought, yeah, I'm listening to my emotions. I'm being present with them, but I was being an absolute jerk. <laughs> That's the edited <laughs> version, uh, to myself throughout mm-hmm. listening. So mm-hmm. try it. My, my thought would be if, if you don't know where to start, if you feel like you're in the depths of, of despair, you feel lost, start by listening mm-hmm. and see where it takes you.
0: I love that. So good. You guys. And And if you're listening, like on your way to work or lunch break or whatever, that's awesome. But man, go check out the YouTube too, Carly. You're just beautiful inside and out. And, uh, you know, I just really appreciate your vulnerability today, um, because that's what is really, I think changes people's lives when you're raw and real. And, uh, you've definitely been that today. Um, and so I appreciate that. Um, and so, you know, you guys, um, I I heard Carly mention it several times and her, horrible traumatic experience that she's gone through that therapy or working with someone was a huge step in the right direction at helping her heal. Um, and so, you know, guys, if, if you're like, man, I want to learn more about this lady, maybe I even want to work with her, um, and get some help. Um, you know, Carly, how can people get in touch with you? How can they connect with you? Um, I want to make sure. And of course, guys, this is going to be in the show notes as well. But, you know, I would love for you to share that and any other extra information that pertains to that. Yes.
1: So if you're interested in learning a little bit more um, about how kind of what we talked about today pertains to you and what your next steps are, I would invite you to apply for a complimentary discovery call with me. Um, And to submit that application, you can visit stresslesscode.com
0: slash apply. Awesome. Okay. Sorry. My zoom froze up for a second. Okay. Sorry, Carly. Um, Okay. Perfect. So you guys heard that, um, you know, her website, she's, I mean, generously offering a free consult. Um, you know, phone. I believe phone calls. Is that what you said, Carly. Okay, yep, um, which is extremely generous to do that. So again, thank you, and please check out her website because, like I said, her blog. She's got videos. She's got some free resources out there as well. Um, so again, just shows your heart to really help others and to take, you know, just your painful past and things that you've experienced and use that for good. Um, and so I absolutely commend you for that. So you know, just thank you again uh, for just your time today, Carly. Thank you to everyone listening uh, to the podcast. Um, You know, as always, I just like to remind you guys that, you know, yes, selfishly has hopefully helped you today, but we are not put on this planet to just be selfish and live for ourselves. As Carly is demonstrating, we are here to serve and help other people. So as you've been listening, as you know, God or whoever, you know, you follow has been putting people on your heart. Uh, you know, please uh, reach out to them, share this podcast with them. Um, and let's go out there and make a difference, bringing hope and bringing peace um, and bringing wisdom to other people who are in the dark and desperately need to find the light. So thank you, Carly, for, for being that ray of light today and for sharing your testimony and your tips and, and different things to help people. And thank you to all of you guys. And until next week, you know, just continue to take ownership of your health and, you know, don't get sucked into the negativity of the news. Uh, I think sometimes people rely on the, uh, you know, um, propaganda machine uh, to help them solve their life problems. And, and you know, unfortunately, sometimes those can fuel your problems. So uh, listening to something like this is going to really, I think, add value to you. So have a great week and I'll see you guys next week. Thank you so much. Thanks again, Carly. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us today on the Healthy You Podcast. And be sure to share this episode with your family and friends to help us help more people. And lastly, be sure to check out donfunk.com for additional tips and resources. Have an amazing rest of the day, friends.